Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at Dub.com. Hello, I'm Shannon from Dub.com. Welcome to another Connection Loop podcast. Today I'm here with Eric Huberman, who is the founder and CEO of Hawk Media, which is the fastest growing marketing consultancy in the United States. Um, Eric, why don't we just start off with a quick bio about who you are, and then we'll get into some questions. Sure. Yeah, you said it. Founder and CEO of Hawk Media, and uh, basically been around seven years. We go into companies, identify holes in their marketing org, and then spin up teams all a la carte, month to month to take over different aspects of marketing. So it could be Facebook marketing, email marketing, web design, uh, fractional CMOs, et cetera. Uh, we've got about 200 full-time people, manage marketing for about 600 brands. And uh, yeah, our mission's to create accessibility to great marketing for everyone. We also have a venture fund and a capital arm as well, where we uh, give loans to our clients and help finance their growth. That's amazing. And just to start off this podcast, what is the number one friction point you see in, in with consulting people? Like what, when, when people come to you and, and your business with, with consulting issues, what's that number one friction point? And then maybe we can get into how we, how we can solve that friction. So I guess friction point in terms of working with them or friction point in terms of why are they coming into us for consulting? Yeah. Yeah. The latter. The latter. Okay. So yeah, it's, I mean, you know, marketing and growth is a moving target. So you're constantly looking for new ways to grow and new ways to build your business. Most entrepreneurs are inherently not satisfied with the status quo, which is what causes them to be entrepreneurs. And so I would say it's usually, you know, we've been doing all this, we're not growing fast enough, what else can we do? Gotcha, and and what do you tell them? How, how do you get them to accelerate? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a whole process. Every company is different. So we basically go into brands that come to us and uh, spend time diving into their analytics. Uh, the way we look at marketing is kind of three pillars. Uh, we look at awareness, nurturing, and trust. We'll be publishing a book later this year called The Hawk Method about this. And so awareness is what most people think of as marketing. It's all the ways you introduce new audiences to your brand, whether it's advertising, word of mouth, PR, et cetera. Um, nurturing being all the things you do after they become aware of you to the point that they actually purchase and then everything they do after that. So actually creating lifetime value. So things like email marketing, SMS, chatbots, retargeting, creating content. Um, I know we're quick here, so I can't get into too many details, but uh, basically how to leverage those to make sure that you're actually converting people and driving a high conversion rate as well as a high lifetime value of a customer. And the last piece, trust. How do you develop trust with people, whether it's third, early on in third-party validation you know, through press, uh, influencer marketing, testimonials, referrals, et cetera, or you know, as you build your brand up more and more, brand becomes trust and what you're consistent with and what you actually build uh, and deliver consistently becomes the thing that builds that trust and also known as brand where I don't need anyone else to tell me what I'm gonna get when I buy Coca-Cola, it's gonna be a Coca-Cola. That's brand equity and that's that trust pillar that we talk about. So what we do is we go into brands of all and organizations of all sizes and identify what are they missing? Where are they falling short? Where we can we plug in? Where's the low hanging fruit to actually help boost up their marketing strategy? Now, I wanted to jump in, Eric, and ask you this question. Um, I think you guys have done a phenomenal job of going horizontal and also vertical on multiple multiple categories. So you have multiple segments as part of of, of your business, but then you also go very deep. So how, how have you kind of uh, spearheaded that strategy within the business? Yeah, well, what we found with marketing is it's 
it doesn't change much from vertical to vertical. There's nuance to each vertical, but that is, it's, you know, I'd say 90% of it's the same and 10% is different. So it's really about identifying the 10% that's different in each vertical and making sure that we can identify that. And so you can go horizontal as a good marketer. You just have to pick up that 10%. And so with that, a lot of times comes a, a category that is underserved as far as marketing. So the 90% piece, which is just being a great marketer, they don't have access to that. So that, you know, that little extra 10% that is a nuance of their own industry, that's not where they're having issues. We can get to that. They're not even getting that 90%. And so we bring that 90% in. And then a lot of times, if it's a new industry to us, we'll learn with them about the industry, which what we found is a much better tactic for companies than getting a vertically focused company. Like let's, an example would be a company that just focuses on automotive. All they do is market in automotive. The problem with that is there's no creativity and there's no access to really what's going on in the overall marketing ecosystem. So I don't really have an off the shelf metaphor here, but it, it isn't good. It, it's not good to have someone that's just focused on one industry. It gets very myopic very fast. They run the same playbook every time. And in marketing, you need to be creative. You need to come up with new strategies. And so when we're pulling from all these different industries to help each other, it still takes understanding nuances of each industry when it comes to the copy you're using, the targeting, et cetera. And even and then when you have things like cannabis or CBD where they can't even use Facebook or Google, these are things you need to understand and know, but pretty quick to catch up on that piece. And then if you're bringing really good solid marketing principles to the table, they're gonna succeed. Well, the metaphor that comes to my mind is swimming in peanut butter, but that's just off the cuff here. <laughs> 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 so um, now tell me a little bit about your origin story. Um, you know, before starting your agency, what did your world look like? How did you catalyze that? I know you had some startups, some small, smaller uh, companies per se, um, but what was your kickoff? Yeah, it, you know, it's funny. I, I, I said this a lot of times publicly, but I made fun of marketing majors in college. Like I never... <laughs> knew what marketing was or understood it or had any passion for it originally. Like, and I think that's important to say because I love it now. Like I could easily exit this and retire and be done. So I love what I've stumbled into, but I, I originally, it didn't come from birth. I always liked business, always like the wheeling and dealing and that side of things. But I ended up building uh, three different e-commerce companies over the past 12, 12 years. And uh, through that, I realized that operationally in business, it's really reactionary and don't get me wrong, you can anticipate problems on the operational side and get ahead of them, but you're figuring out how to manufacture a t-shirt or manufacture activewear or fulfill it or store it, or, you know, it's it's still uh, a very, it's incredibly important in the business, but I never found it challenging. It was very logic driven, It was which I am. So it was always like, yeah, we just do this, like problem solved, what's next? The challenge I found was in sales and marketing. How do we get more customers? Because it's always a moving target. It's always shifting and changing. There's no right answer because there's opportunity cost, meaning you could be doing well, but you could always be doing better. So, you know, it just to me, it was it was more fun and more challenging. And I found that I had a knack for it and other people didn't. And so uh, I really focused on that and surrounded myself with good operators and good operational people on my businesses. And so when I sold the last one, uh, Ellie, I started advising and consulting on marketing because I'd built a name for myself and the knowledge around it. I was 26 years old, but I'd already built and sold two e-commerce brands and had scaled really fast and knew the platforms. And so then it opened a lot of doors that I quickly realized that the talent I had and the, or I should say the education I had gotten through that 
was highly sought after because it was as sort of the digital revolution was coming, everyone was really buying into e-commerce and there was this acceleration, but there was no talent out there that knew this stuff. No one had sold to e-commerce companies and now was willing to go consult and advise that what there was no ecosystem for that. And so I started looking for other people that could help me execute on this. And that was really the birth of Hawk was just, I couldn't find good agencies that actually knew what they were doing. Uh, I try to help these companies hire in-house and most people didn't want to work for these companies. And if they did, they might not be very good. And so I went, well, what if I had a small office in Santa Monica where everybody wants to live and grabbed a few really talented people to work with me on a bunch of different brands, which frankly, from a marketing perspective, is fun because you get to jump in between a few brands and try different things and have a lot of variety in your work. And so I thought it was a fun idea. Never planned on building something big and started with a few people and you know, made everything super simple. Because again, I wasn't like trying to build a platform for a billion dollar company. I was trying to hire a few people to help the clients I had that I was advising for. So no long-term contracts, everything's a la carte month to month, let's just be simple about this and go from there. There was no business plan until a year into business. And yeah, that's how we started. Mm. Well, isn't that, isn't that amazing that um, building the business plan as you're building the business is the ideal situation because then you're listening and you're really figuring out what we actually had data. So what happened was a year and we got offered to sell the company and my partner and I were like, well, let me look at what this company actually is before we see if we want to sell it. And so we put together projections and business plan and went, Oh, I see where this is going. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I want to sell it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That makes a lot of sense. And how much is timing? How much was timing as part of your kickoff story? You know, DTC, you've got, you know, influencer marketing, you've got um, the DSPs, the SSPs that are kind of fumbling through a lot of issues, a mobile, like what, what does that all look for you and how did it affect you and your business? It's all timing. That doesn't mean that, you know, a year earlier, a year later, two on either side couldn't have been good too. But it's funny because there's like four, five, six big agencies that started all within like a year of us. So there's definitely something with the timing. And I, I'm a firm believer, like Gladwell, who I, I think is hit or miss when he comes to the way things he writes about. But I really liked Outliers and the idea that, mm. you know, you have, the baselines are hard work and smarts. So you have to be smart enough and hardworking enough. You don't have to be, you know, uh, 200 IQ, but you have to be smart and hardworking. And then how? Then that'll make you successful. I actually believe that, that in the United States, at least, there's enough opportunity that if you're, you work your ass off and you're smart, you will end up at some level of success. How mm-hmm. successful is timing, all timing. Right. And I, when I say timing, I don't just mean like timing in the economy and like the overall you know, trend lines of e-commerce. I also mean simple stuff like one of my, I, I randomly met a guy that was my second client that ran out of money that asked me to take equity to work on his company. And I went, sure. But then he wrote for Forbes. So I said, can you write an article about Hawk Media and Forbes before I had hired anyone? He published an article with the headline, why you should outsource your marketing to Hawk Media in Forbes. Right then, Wolf of Wall Street had just come out. And so they had reignited the idea of being in Forbes as something sexy. And so the combination Mm. uh, made it so that when that article hit, all of my peer group and all these people that knew me had just seen Wolf of Wall Street, just thought Forbes was great. Now I'm this guy that's just been featured in Forbes with my new company. And we're like, oh, I got to be, we got to talk to this guy. And it was those kind of small timing things that were huge. Hmm. Well, isn't that a fantastic example of where being empathetic, compassionate, um, you know, capitalistic, intelligently 
um, gets you opportunities. You know, giving yeah. gives back, right? What a what a phenomenal example. That of guy, that. he he stopped spending money on that company because he started another one and he just sold it for three hundred fifty million dollars. Still talk to him all the time. And his only employee at that small company was his sister in law, who ended up being an executive at our company for six years. So. <laughs> okay. So all all in for ecosystem. Yeah. Incredible. So what's uh, what's next in the pipeline for you? What's coming up? A lot. <laughs> we're so we launched our fund. Uh, we, yeah. We're going to be announcing the last close either Friday or Monday. So that'll be fun. Uh, like mm. a big press announcement. Mm. We're uh, we launched our capital arms. We're doing financing for our clients and actually giving them uh, yeah financing to help scale them faster. Uh, we'll be launching our book at the end of the year, Hawk Method. We're aiming for an October launch with that. Have a publisher deal and everything already. Um, the Brandies is next week, which is the annual brand awards. I think the Oscars for brands. Um, we're having e-commerce week, the week of October 1st. Again, it's a second annual partnership with the city of LA e-commerce week, LA, I think New York fashion week, but LA and e-commerce keeping it virtual this year, most likely maybe we'll have like a viewing party or something, but want to make sure we keep it tight knit, um, just, to, you know, being hyper cautious. And then next year we'll probably open it up if things trend. Uh, those are the big ones. Nice, man. Well, listen, yeah. thank you so much for your time. Um, you know, I'm also based in LA. So as a fellow Angelino entrepreneur, you know, keep in touch on new developments, new ventures, whatever's going on. Love to support. Sounds great. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks, Eric.